You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kuntz along with Cindy Jennings coming to you from the beautiful Diocese of Duluth on the shores of Lake Superior. And uh, that was a great interview with uh, Father Walsh, wasn't it, Oh my it, gosh, it was great. He's a really... Like, I could probably talk to him for another hour yeah. about things. He's got so much information. Yeah. So beautiful, too. Yeah, he's, a, he's a great guy. So uh, we have Bishop Felton on the line with us now. So Bishop Felton, we had Father Walsh, one of our retired persons. I'm sure you were listening in anyhow. And so uh, Father Walsh was a good interview, just talking about his Irish past and everything. But right, Bishop I was Felton, just going to say, I can't match his Irish brogue, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> Even though my mom is a Garrity. You, you have a green beard. Oh, nice. it's his, not only does he say uh, things that are wise, but the manner by which he says it with his brogue, it's even more interesting. So yeah, I agree. Ex- exactly. Exactly. Well, Bishop, welcome, uh, welcome back to Real Presence Live. It's great Live. to be it's with you again. You. So now, one of the things that one of the things, at least that we as a, 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 as a topic that we're going to talk about is is you know your favorite saints, maybe saints that have had a, a greater impact on you. But maybe before we get to that, just a, a question: It's like again, you're still new. I'm not going to keep asking this, but how is it going in the saddle now as a as a new bishop in the diocese of Duluth, and what you're about two months in, and I suppose each day seems like a whole new adventure for you. Yeah, you know it is, and uh, it's from the mundane to the sacred, and everything else that's in between. So. You know, I might be in a situation where I am able to celebrate uh, a Mass in a particular event and just really appreciate and know that and to get out to a number of parishes where I have not been before to be able to celebrate the Eucharist as the source and summit, but also then just to summon people and to enjoy the summit experience of sharing life together, uh, Bishop along with parishioners. Uh, it can be everything from that to walking down the hallway the other day here at the diocesan office seeing a door that I haven't seen before saying, hey, I wonder what's behind that door, uh-huh. opening it up, and that's where the recycling bins are. And I'm like, that's where they are. I've been wondering if we recycle things around here. <laughs> so it's, it's an adventure every day of discovery. So if there had to be one word that would summarize my life right now, it's uh, discovery, which is a great thing. But I, I uh, yeah, so I've been able to just be out at a lot of different parishes on the weekends. Um, was able to do... Uh, a healing service uh, up in Cross Lake, and, and that was a good experience uh, the parish provided there. Um, been trying to get out and see uh, priests who are retired uh, so that I have an opportunity to meet them, but also to glean their wisdom and uh, things they are providing me as uh, great uh, resources of experience and wisdom as I move forward. Uh, to one of our seminarians, uh, we did... Uh, the right of acknowledging him uh, more formally, uh, beginning his seminary journey. So just a lot of different experiences, uh, which have been great blessings in my life. Yes, and I think you're actually here tomorrow at St. James for Mass. So can't wait to see you. I am, yes. Yes, I am. So, Bishop Felton, I know through so a uh, big part of my personal spirituality is like maybe hagiography or the saints, and each time, you know, each phase of my life, I've had maybe a different saint that I've uh, been particularly close to. Maybe speak to some of the saints that um, uh, were more important to you when you were younger and then the years past and even now. Sure, sure. So so I think that uh, I'll just walk you through a typical day of prayer for myself and then the saints that I call upon during that period of time. Um, so often uh, in the morning, as I'm going to begin to pray uh, Liturgy of the Hours, the office and morning prayer, I'll begin that just by calling on the Holy Spirit, uh, 
and, and praying to the Holy Spirit to lead me to Jesus. Uh, as we hear about in Corinthians, that um, no one calls Jesus Lord except uh, in the Holy Spirit. And then once I'm uh, kind of concentrating on being in the presence of Jesus uh, to take me to the, His Father, and then before the Father, uh, every day I start off my day by praying the surrender prayer by Blessed Charles de Foucault, who is going to be canonized as saint. Uh, he was declared blessed in May. So I don't know if the Pope has established that date or not. But anyway, um, the surrender prayer is my first prayer, and it's always through the intercession of uh, Blessed uh, Charles de Foucault to the Father. Um, that's also on the back of uh, my uh, one of my cards that I did for the ordination uh, as a bishop. So that saint is very important to me. Um, in the course of morning prayer at the conclusion of the intercessions, um, and there are some saints who have been here upon the earth that have greatly shaped my life. Um, pray for them, but pray as they hopefully stand before God in the fullness of God's kingdom in heaven, uh, that they keep guiding me. So I pray for Father Dave Kiefer, uh, who was instrumental in my life here, who died, but was just a great witness as to what it means to be a disciple. I pray to and with Father Charlie Elmer, um, who um, was at the Casa Santa Maria as a director, um, but had a great love for the priesthood. So through Father Kiefer, praying that I can grow in my discipleship, through Father Charlie, that I might grow also as a priest in holiness. Um, then also Father Nicholas Gross uh, was my pastor, was uh, pastor of my home parish for 48 years but was a great witness as to what it means to be a pastor, so I pray in and through him and with him every day that I might be a good pastor and shepherd. Um, and uh, Father Leo Schmidt, um, a priest of our diocese, uh, who was a great mentor of mine, but a person of great joy. So I pray with and for and through Leo every day that I might find joy in what I'm doing. And more recently, uh, every day, I pray uh, with and for and through uh, Bishop Serba, that he will guide me also as the shepherd of this diocese. So those are really some key people in my prayer life, um, not officially declared as saints, but certainly uh, people that I would perceive as people of holiness, and that's really what sainthood is all about. And then at Mass, uh, if I just continue on just for a moment, at Mass, um, at the end of Mass, I always pray to Our Lady Undoer of Knots and name for her the knots in my own personal life, but whatever knots I'm going to be looking at that day as challenges that the diocese may have or in the lives of the people that we serve. So Our Lady Endure of Knots is top on my list. Uh, St. Joseph, um, just praying that every day as he found the will of God in the everyday kind of stuff, that I can find it in the events and people of every day. Always pray to St. Therese of Lisieux, uh, a person that my mom uh, prays with and through, that she'll take care of my mom, who is insisted living. And then always to St. Francis to help us rebuild the Church, especially of the Diocese of Duluth. So, that's the list. Yeah, I wow. think that one of the things that um, uh, you you know, put your finger on there, Bishop, is the idea when we, even in the, the discussing the topic in regards to what we're going to talk about today, when we think of saints, we think of saints with a capital S. But, you know, I mean, most of the saints that we have interaction with are the small S ones, the, the ones that were such a huge part of our journey in this life that we entrust to God and, and trust in God's mercy that, that they're with him. And so I think that there's something inherently Catholic about praying to like grandma or your aunt and uncle or some priest 
that uh, that I think that you really address, and I think that's really important for our listeners to to recognize that the the cloud of witnesses, if you will, are not always the famous saints. Right. You know, and and I think that is important because really, Fontes or our sainthood is really centered in holiness. So people who have given witness to that relationship, um, to the Father, Son, and Spirit, uh, who have lived that, acted upon that, embraced that, been a great example of that, a model of that, you know, our folks who really were, you know, living that saintliness in our lives in a very ordinary kind of way, maybe not officially declared, but certainly have impacted my life in my own pursuit of holiness. It's an interesting thing. I, in a presentation I do on saints, I often ask people to think of saints both those canonized officially, and who are the men and women uh, in our lives who are like saints to us? Who would you imagine or just name those saints? And then once that uh, exercise is done, I'll say to folks, how many of you named yourself uh, in that list? And rarely anybody does, but in the end, that's what we're all called to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you um, remember kind of the first saint that stuck out to you when you were younger? Well, it's kind of an interesting thing, because I got confirmed when I was uh, in sixth grade, um, and the saint that I chose was St. Anthony. Um, why I chose that as a sixth grader, I'm not quite sure, other than it must have made some kind of impression upon me. Um, but what was ironic, many, many years later, um, on the date of my uh, ordination to priesthood, June 13th, you know, that's that's the day of um, St. Anthony. So whether there was something in the forerunning when I was confirmed and I selected that name, um, so that's another saint, too, that has always appealed to me um, as a young man, but also then all of a sudden, surprise of all surprises, it was his day uh, that we remembered in a special way, his feast day or memorial, uh, on the day of my ordination. Wow, that's amazing. I so like that. now you've met a canonized saint, haven't you? Yeah, so I, I did have the uh, opportunity to meet St. John Paul II uh, four times uh, in different ways. Um, and so looking back on that experience, um, what a great thing, uh, that we live in a day and age when actually many people have been in the presence of the living saint. So often when we think of saints, we kind of think of them as old people from the past, great people, but just from hundreds of years ago, when in our own given day and age, uh, uh, St. Pope John Twenty-Third and St. Paul, uh, John Paul II, I mean, uh, St. Uh, Mother Teresa. So, so there are a number of saints that many people are living today who they were in their presence who are now officially canonized as saints, and, and what an incredible thing that is. Did you ever get to meet Mother Teresa? Um, no, I, I never was able to meet her. I know, I, you did, though. Or, did no, you no, meet her? Or, no, okay. no. You just got letters from her. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe we got a break coming up here shortly, Bishop, but maybe you know the one saint that you mentioned that kind of piques my interest is uh, Charles de Foucault, who's about to be canonized. What is right. it about him that that drew you to him in a particular way? What's his story that you like about him? Sure, sure. I'd be happy to talk about that. Um, do you want me to do that now? Yeah, or after no, yeah go ahead. I might yeah. interrupt you, but no, go ahead. that'd be great. So I think how I discovered him was kind of through the back door. So, you know, in my own spiritual journey, kind of looking at the sermons of the Holy Spirit, which I think is really important, 
um, being able to discern the Holy Spirit in my own personal life, but I think that's what we need to be about as a diocese as well. And the Holy Spirit only gives us the next step. Um, and, you know, what is that next step in my own life? What's the next step in our diocese? But in the process of doing that, the discernment of the Holy Spirit, an important element of that is surrender. So ultimately, once that discernment has been made, once the Spirit has given us or given me the next step in this journey, then I have to be able to surrender to that. And so as I was pondering that, praying over that, talking to my spiritual director about that, you know, I came across his surrender prayer, which, you know, it's just so powerful, and that's why I, I pray it at the beginning of every day as my first prayer. Um, and I don't know if people are familiar with that prayer or not. I, I mean, I can recite it for you. Um, Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I'm ready for all. I accept all. But only your will be done in me and in all of your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer to you with all the love in my heart. For I love you, Lord, and so I need to give myself, to surrender myself into your hands without reserve and with boundless confidence, for you are my Father. So it's just a beautiful prayer of surrender. And it was the prayer that brought me to Blessed uh, Charles de called to become more familiar with him, um, as I was so inspired, you know, by that prayer yeah. uh, itself. And then when you read about his life, I mean, it's, it's yeah, quite you, the story. Yeah, Bishop, I'm going to interrupt you just for a second. I want to get to his life, but we're going to take a quick break, and then after that we'll continue talking to Bishop Felton about the saints that have been important in his life right after this short break. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision provides eye exams for the whole family and specialty services like vision therapy and custom contact lenses. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Moto Eyewear, which gives away a pair of glasses to a child in need for every frame sold. We are so grateful for your support and grateful to be supporting RPR. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Radio has been such such an impact on my life personally and my personal conversion story and just in my growth as a Christian man. I listen to it from the time I get up. Anytime I'm in the vehicle, 1280 is on my dial. I hear everything from Sunrise Morning Show, Mother Angelica. We got Take Two. We got Dr. Ray Grandy. We got, we got everybody. We got Catholic Answers, which I love. We got Father Larry. There's so much to be gained, so many fruits to pull from this radio station that just does so much for us and increases our faith and increases my personal knowledge. I have grown in so many ways that I can't even explain it. It's it's for personally, it has brought me closer to God. It has brought me tighter in my church, tighter with my family. They are also starting to listen as my son, Autumn Mayville, is listening to Real Presence Radio. So it has been a blessing for all of us all the way around. This is Deacon Gary Hager from Holy Rosary in Detroit Lakes. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio. Taking what you experience on Sunday in church and applying it on Monday at work can be a challenge. This year's Faith and Business Conference will help you learn how to take faith principles and integrate them into the workplace. This year's featured speaker is Super Bowl champion and former Minnesota Viking, Matt Burke. 
Join us on Thursday, August 19th at the Convention Center in Sioux Falls. For more information and to purchase tickets, go to faithinbusinessconference.com. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kuntz along with Cindy Jennings, and we're talking to Bishop Daniel Felton of the Diocese of Duluth about saints and the, the role saints have played in his life, his spirituality. And before the break, uh, Bishop was just going to address a little bit about the life of Blessed Charles Dufacult and a, um, a, just a little story of his life. And Bishop, before I rudely interrupted you for that break, why don't you just say a little bit about his life that maybe draws you towards him? Sure. And again, the way that I came to him was through the prayer that he had written, that prayer of surrender, which I would encourage everybody to uh, to Google and, and maybe pray every day. It's, it's such a powerful prayer of putting our health, abandoning ourselves into the hands of the Father who just loves us as a beloved son or daughter, just wants to be with us every day, protecting us, guiding us, and leading us. But, but his life is just incredible in the sense that there were so many different experiences. So he was a cavalry officer in the French army. Um, then he became an explorer. Uh, he did maps and geographies of particular areas. Um, and then after a period of time, I finally became a Catholic priest, uh, and he was a hermit, um, living out in the Sahara Desert in Algeria. Um, and, and ultimately, he was assassinated. Um, I believe it was like around 1916 or somewhere yeah. in there. And that he's considered by the Church to be a martyr. Right. Um, he also founded the Little Brothers of Jesus. Um, so just an incredible life but a life where he just kept discerning the Spirit and then discerning uh, to that Spirit along the way. Which, if, if we're able to do that in our own lives, what an incredible journey of life uh, we will have, not by our doing, um, but by God's doing. Saints are the least boring people in the world. They, they have fascinating lives, there's no doubt about that. Uh, tomorrow, as Cindy mentioned, you're going to be out here at St. James and uh, uh, doing Mass. And, and I just want to throw out about tomorrow's saint, because he's one of my favorites. So my favorite saint is John Paul II, but my close, my second favorite saint is tomorrow's saint. you want to speak a little bit about John Vianney and maybe what role he's played in your life? Well, again, just uh, the saints are for us people who were like us. So a lot of times we imagine a saint, and sometimes we think that we could never be a saint. I'd be the last person people will say that it would ever be a saint, but... Um, they're real people. I mean, they had real issues. There were things they worked through. They were sinners. They had to go to confession, you know. But then God acts in and through saints um, to bring, and saints are witness to the God that lives within them and comes through them to be capable of doing things they could never have done on their own. And St. John Vianney for priests is one of those just great examples of God in and acting through a person's life and calling him in a very special way to be a great example to priesthood, uh, his capacity for being able to do confessions and reconciliation, his love for the Mass, his love for the Lord, his witness, his preaching, just in so many, many different ways. Um, as priests in a particular ministry and mission in life, he is a source of inspiration to me and to so many others. Yeah, he's a, he's a great, he's a great, he's the great role model for parish priests, there's no doubt about it. Right. Sure. And, yet, the, and when you read about his life, also was challenged in many ways. Absolutely. And, you know, that's yeah. what I think is so important about our own personal pursuit of holiness, is that it's not being perfect, it's surrendering and being open to the way that God wants to use us. And as he does that, then we grow in holiness. Yeah. 
And, you know, I, I mean, I mentioned at the end of all my homilies at funerals, at my funeral homilies, I always talk about how our purpose in life is to get to heaven and be with God, to serve him and be with him in heaven. And so how are we doing in our pursuit of holiness? And I always like to challenge people at funerals in a particular way in that regards, in the light of a death of a loved one of theirs, like, what's the purpose in life? And, and as you mentioned earlier, and maybe you can address a little bit more here, it's like our goal is to become saints, not with a capital S, but with the smallest, just be with God in heaven. And maybe you can speak a little bit more about, you know, what is our own pursuit of holiness and what does that look like and how does it look like in this day and age and maybe in this location? Yeah, I think that, that again, uh, a wonderful um, impact of the Second Vatican Council was it kind of opened up for us again, and a lot in the writings of St. John Paul II, um, St. Benedict, of Francis, more recently Pope Francis, you know, that whole element, by virtue of baptism, we are all called to a pursuit of holiness. That holiness, we're wired for holiness. That God created us in his own image and likeness. So holy and sacred is imbued in our very person. And so we are called in our life to discover that holiness that rests within us, that God placed within us, that faith, that life, that love that can take us to holiness. And then when we are dwelling in that holiness, then we become an instrument of God being able to use us to call other people uh, to grow in that same holiness. So, you know, just uh, to be able to realize that I am called to that, uh, God wants me to be that, God has wired me for that. Um, and in that holiness, you know, rests a meaning that matters, a fulfillment in life, a happiness. God created us to be happy. When we try to do all of that stuff on our own, we're unhappy, we're unfulfilled, we get lost, we can't find meaning, but we got to go to that holiness that rests within us, that God has placed within us, to be able to discover that. And then what great joy we have when we're able to share that with others as well. So prayer taking us to that holiness, um, trying to lead lives of witness um, to life and love and joy uh, that God has given to us. And then one of the ways that we experience that and know that par excellence, the source and summit, is at the Mass. So every time we gather for the Mass, there's no more profound, sacred way for us to grow in holiness than through that experience. The living Word of God given to us in the Scriptures, God speaking to us, forming us in that moment, and then then in the assembly, in the priest, but most preciously in the body and blood of Jesus Christ, God Himself, the Word of God, the holiness, everything God is, being placed within us uh, so that we might be in communion with the real presence of Jesus that we receive in communion. So, again, I can't emphasize enough uh, if people are able to, uh, to make sure that we are at Mass, uh, that we are celebrating the the Holy Eucharist on Sundays. Uh, In the end, it's not about you, it's what God wants to do for you there, and that is to give you everything that you could possibly ever need uh, to be able to grow in the holiness that he has planted within each one of us. And as we have um, been praying for people to return to Mass, is there a saint that you could point to that we could pray through for this um, so that people can feel more comfortable coming back? And uh, Well, you know, I, I, I think some of the saints that are my go-to saints, you know, would be, you know, good saints to do that. So um, Our Lady Undoer of Knots, so, you know, for some folks, you know, there's, their guts is still knotted, you know, in some of the fears that they might have, some of the reluctances, you know. And so, so whatever that is that our, our Mother, Our Lady, Endure of Knots, 
will help them to understand that knot and maybe untie that knot with them and for them. And it's Mary who's always going to lead us to her son, Jesus. That's her deepest ever desire. So certainly Mary, Our Lady, Undoer of Knots. And then, you know, again, uh, St. Joseph. So St. Joseph, common, ordinary uh, person like ourselves, but so extraordinary uh, in the role that uh, he played in leading people to Jesus. And again, it's St. Joseph. It's his year. Um, St. Joseph is always quiet. He's behind the scenes. But, oh, my gosh, the incredible things that he can do in and through our lives and the incredible impact he can have to lead us back to his son. I can't imagine that St. Joseph just isn't working every day to get us back to the Mass, to be able to receive the son Jesus um, as a foster father uh, that he proclaimed and lived and embraced, uh, that we might do the same. Yeah. You know, one of the uh, um, uh, things that I think is really, a lot of maybe the medieval theologians spoke to this is that, you know, Speaking of the Mass and going to Mass, and we receive the Eucharist, who's the fullness of the presence of the divinity of God the Son, second person of the Trinity. Well, if God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, is really present truly in the most obvious, concrete ways, then the other people that are also there are the saints. Right. Because, I mean, it, you know, if, the, if, being, if, if heaven is being one with God, and God is here in the Eucharist, then all those priests that you mentioned that um, uh, were an instrumental part of your life, they're there too as well as your favorite saint. Yep. They're, they're at Mass with us. Right. And so when we play, pray in the Creed, you know, the communion of saints, you know, we believe that when we gather to celebrate the Mass, it can be envisioned in one of two ways. One is that the fullness of the communion of saints, all of those who have gone before us that share in that holiness, are with us around the altar. So my dad is around the altar. He died, you know, year ago, May. Everybody, that, that we pray that they are there with us in that moment that they either come down to us, or another way of understanding it is that in that moment we are lifted up into the Eucharist, uh, into the Holy Communion that's being celebrated in heaven for an eternity, and for a moment we are part of that. So what a, what a powerful image yeah. of the Eucharist, of Mass, but also who wouldn't want to be a part of that? I mean, yeah. It's yeah. just and so incredible. And if people think of that more, you know what, I mean, there's a value to go into a cemetery and visit your deceased's grave, but if you really want to be close to them, go to Mass. Yeah. Yep, because they're living there and they're with you. Right. Yeah. Bishop, is there anything else that you'd like to um, add in regards to a favorite saint in the last uh, minute that we have here with you? Well, I, I just would uh, challenge uh, folks uh, in light of the conversation that we've had today to maybe spend some time today reflecting upon that themselves. And, uh, you know, who is your favorite saint and how are you praying and, and, and working to be like that saint or praying through the intercession of that saint? And do you really believe uh, that those who have gone before us who are in that manner really do have intercessory powers uh, or not? Because it really is a key component of our understanding of what it means to be a saint. And as a saint continues to live, they're not dead. They're very much alive. Why we pray in and through the saints to grow closer to Jesus. Amen. Thank you very much, Bishop. Thank you very Thank much you. for joining Thank us you on all. Real Presence Live. Appreciate it's good to have you as usual. that you do, uh, and the radio station, and blessings upon all of you uh, who are listening and your loved ones throughout this day. Amen. Thank you very much, Bishop. Uh, uh, that was we'll a great conversation. Great talk. Hopefully we'll be on yeah. for next month. Yep, yeah. we'll have a different topic at that hand. But uh, after this break, we'll have an opportunity for straight talk, your opportunity to, to call in and ask a priest a theological question or any question that you might have that you don't normally get a chance to. And so that'll be straight talk immediately after this short break. Mm-hmm. 